up, everybody? How's it going? All right. How's the fast going? <clears throat> Get this, the fast. <clears throat> it's going by fast. <laughs> All right. It's a dad joke, dad joke of the year, right? Okay. Uh, so, hey, guys, uh, we're super glad you're here. My name is Josiah. I'm the youth pastor. If you're a guest with us tonight, we're like super honored that you're here with us. We're going to have a good night. Uh, we're in a series uh, called Emotions, but before that, before we jump back into it, uh, you know, youth camp, uh, you, uh, you heard Skyly talk about it for just a few, uh, a few minutes ago, and it, it is literally the event of the year. If you go to anything youth-related, you've got to get to youth camp. Uh, so if $300 is like intimidating to you, uh, we have some scholarships available. You can see us and we'll help you get one. But uh, you've got to go to youth camp. It'll change your life. Uh, over the next few weeks, we'll have some testimonies and some more videos and things of, of youth camp. Uh, but make it a priority to get to youth camp. Uh, it's coming up quick. February 26th is that due date So for, for the deposit. So get your papers as you leave tonight. And uh, tell your parents, I've got to go to youth camp. If they say no, slap them in the face. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. And uh, that was just a joke to see if you're awake. And then, uh, did you say write that down? Yeah, note takers are history makers. Uh, and uh, get, get to youth camp. Um, also, you know, I, I wanted to uh, get the word out that uh, at 5 p.m., uh, there's, there's been some people praying in here uh, the past uh, I think month, month and a half or so before youth, uh, uh, the production team is in here praying. They, they get stuff set up uh, before, before everybody arrives. And so they meet even earlier to pray. And so if you would like to pray for service uh, before service starts at 5 p.m., you can be here and uh, join us as we pray. Then we can go leave for a while, get something to eat or whatever, and then and come back. Uh, but that's at 5, 5 p.m. every Every week, so uh, we've we've been uh, we just started a series last week on emotions, and we basically ran with this idea that when when you're allowing your emotions to control you, you're losing in life, right? Like you, you're you're not winning uh, when you let you know how, how you feel to get the better of you. You're losing, and as we saw with the story of. Jacob and Esau, like you're losing majorly because what you're doing is you're exchanging what you really want, like what you really want in the long term. Like, you know, Esau, he wanted God's blessing, right? He, he wanted, uh, he, he wanted his, his family inheritance. Uh, he, he, you know, he, what he wanted, he gave up just to instead embrace in the moments a feeling of, for, for him, it was hunger and this, this, this desire, this human desire of hunger. But emotions work the same way. You know, we, we trade this feeling of being angry and this, like, sense of satisfaction that it gives us, the, right? Like, uh, kind of the classic thing, uh, like, if you're upset, is like, I'm just going to go and turn on. When I was growing up, everybody turned on, like, Taylor Swift music, and I'm just going to go in my room and cry, right? Like, oh, my gosh. I don't know what people listen to anymore. Um, like what's it, you know, but it's just like embracing this like emotion and you're exchanging what you really want, uh, something of which that you really want. Uh, and, 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 you know, you have to understand that emotions aren't the problem, right? The fact that you have emotions, that you feel emotions, that's not the problem. Uh, where people get into trouble is how they handle them, 
right? And so we, we said, we've got to have self-control, self-control. And that's, that's one of the qualities that the Holy Spirit produces in us. And so if we want to be able to control our emotions, then at base level, we've got to cultivate the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Base level, we've got to have a deep connection, an intimate connection with the Holy Spirit so that we can have him producing self-control in us. So we're going to continue tonight talking about emotions. Before we do, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. And God, we, we uh, pray that, that you would speak to us out of your word. God, we, we don't know what we need to know, but God, we know that you do. We know that you have all the answers. God, we know that all power is yours. And so God, we, 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 we pray that you would speak to us, enlighten us, show us how we can have emotions that are submitted to you. God, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen. All right, I'm going to have to like open this water because already I can tell my mouth is going to be dry. If you're full fasting, you know. It's like you can't, like you could drink like 45 gallons of water, and then after that you'd still be like SpongeBob and Patrick in Sandy's little cave, or her bubble thing, not cave, I don't know why I say cave. I mean, just like water, you know. All right, so, uh, um, I don't know how many of you guys like board game players, but uh, my, my family likes to play board games, and uh, it just seems about every year, we didn't do it this year, I don't know why we didn't, but just about every year uh, around Christmas time, Thanksgiving, New Year's, you know, like the holiday season, uh, our family gets together to play Monopoly, okay? Yes, so it's, it's a great idea. I actually love Monopoly. Um, and I don't always win. Most of the time I lose because I like suck at, suck at games. But, um, you know, like it's, it's a lot of fun. And there's a, like one of our family members is just like so predictable because it's like this year after year. So uh, we're playing Monopoly, right? Like you've got like the buffalo chicken dip and, you know, you've got the, you know, chips, snacks. And you're playing. And it's like when this person's winning... Okay, when they're winning, when, they're, when they've got like houses and hotels and stacks of money, they're, they're like, you just gave them weed or something. I mean, they're like, I mean, they're, they're like, they're having life. Okay, they're like enjoying life right now. I mean, they're like, they're like, I'm the best. Like, I'm way better than you. I'm better than you. I mean, they're like moonwalking in their chair. Um, and because they're sitting down, they're sitting. That's the point, because they're sitting down. It's a, yeah, I Anyways, okay. And so, you know, like, they're happy. But then, but then it's like, oh, no, they land on, like, you know, one of the spaces where it's like you lose all your money and you have to pay people and, you know, that stuff. And then they start losing. Then it's like, hmm, this game sucks. I don't know why we play this game every year anyway. You know, like, they're just like the complete opposite, you know, like, uh, of how they were just a little bit ago. Uh, you know, they're like, how they are in the game, whether or not they're enjoying it, whether or not they're happy, whether or not they're frustrated. Like, I don't even want, I don't even want buffalo chicken dip anymore. Like, you know, that's when they're mad, you know. Uh, and it's like they, how they are in the game is dependent upon, like, how the game is going, right? And some people, uh, like, respond that way to life, right? Like, how they are emotionally is dependent upon how the game of life, if you will, is going, Right. Like, uh, you know, if you wake up and your hair looks great, 
ladies, it's like curly, just naturally. For those of you who got curly hair, it's like, all right, I'm feeling great today. I've got, you know, curly hair, okay? And uh, it's like, it's just, it, it's just sitting well, you know? It's just sitting well. And it's just, for some odd reason, I've got a wife, so I know, right? It's so like, for some odd reason, it's just like, it makes you feel good the rest of the day. Like, I'm, this, today is a good day, you know? But seriously, it's like, you know, you get good grades on your tests and, uh, you know, have, have good times with your friends and it's like things are going great, then you're fine, right? You're fine, you're great, you're happy, high, emotional high, right? Uh, but then like, it's like then your sister, she steals your pants without telling you, right? And then, <laughs> did you say, oh, I hate when that happens, right? And, and then it's like, then the frustration kicks in and, and, and so it's like when it's a good day, you're fine, but then when it's like your little brother breaks your new like switch controller, Right. And it's like, no, that ain't happening. You know, uh, or you, you know, you don't pass the test or it's like you have a fight with your best friend. Then it's like, you know, people have the tendency to swing emotionally like that, to be like to just respond to life uh, and, and to if it's good, then they're good. But if it's bad, then they're bad. And in the Bible, there's a guy by the name of Elijah who seemed to have this tendency as well. So we're going to look at his story in 1 Kings chapter 19. But there's a massive backstory to what's happening here in, in 1 Kings chapter 19. And so instead of reading like a chapter and a half, I'm going to just tell you what's happening. So basically, uh, Elijah is a prophet uh, of God, and he has this showdown against prophets of a false god named Baal. They have this big showdown and all of the nation of Israel is invited to like witness this thing happen. They're up on the mountain. Israel is like surrounding the mountain, just like watching this thing unfold. And what's happening is they're having like this competition between who can actually get their God to respond to them. And so... <clears throat> uh, Baal, the, the people of the prophets of the false god, they go first. They're like cutting themselves and doing everything they can to like get their god to respond to them, and nothing happens. It it's like goes on all day, and Elijah is having like the time of his life. He's like ridiculing them. He's like, your God must be peeing in the toilet. Like literally says things like that. And it's just like making fun of them. He's having the time of his life. And then when it's his turn to go, he like steps up like a boss and he goes to the sacrifice altar. And he's, he doesn't just like say, okay, God do something. He like pours water on it first. So he's like, that's right. Like, you know, I'm the boss. And, uh, and then God responds, fire down from heaven. Um, and, and he, he wins, basically, right? Like he proves God, the God we serve, is the real God, the only God that responds. And so he's like having the time of his life. And then he, he like all these false, the priests of these false God, he says, okay, now we got to kill these guys. Like we're going we're gonna to take them out. We're going to slaughter them. They're leading the nation of Israel astray, uh, um, astray, astray, uh, astray. And, and then, uh, and so, you know, he's like completely won and then he, he, there's this moment where it's like, okay, now that they've gotten rid of like what's causing Israel to like sin, now he can pray for it to rain because previously he had prayed for it not to rain. And for, for several, for a few years, it, it didn't rain. When he prayed for it not to rain, it didn't rain. And so now after he wins, he's like, okay, now I'm going to pray for it to rain. 
So then he prays for it to rain and it starts to rain again. So he's like doing these just like amazing, fantastic feats. He's like having the time of his life, right? And uh, um, then he outruns, to make a long story short, he like outruns the king's chariot back into town. He's, he's just, he's, he's having a good time. But then, but then uh, here in, in chapter 19, we're going to read in a second, we see where when the environment changes, when a circumstance changes, then his emotional like status changes. So we're going to pick up here in, in chapter 19. So now Ahab, who's the king, told Jezebel, who's his wife, everything that Elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life that of one of them. Meaning, I'm going to kill you, right? Okay, so Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. Right, so he, you get, he's just like, he, from this high to this low. He wants to die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. He would have known angels could cook, right? He ate it and drank it. And then uh, lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. So he fasted for four days and 40 nights. Uh, there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put, put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And so we'll stop there. You can see just kind of the emotional wreck that he's being because even some of what he's saying isn't true. Like, he just won. Like, he just killed the prophets of Baal. He just proved that God is God. He just, like, he, like, wiped away the sin of Israel, in essence, and prayed for it to rain. So that's proof, like, God's blessing was back. And then now he's like, oh, they've killed people, and they're just trying to get me, and just everything's the worst, and I want to die. Right? Like, he, this big emotional swing. When it's good, then he's good. And when it's bad, he's bad. And so we could say it like this. That, that he was being a, a mirror emotionally. He was being a mirror emotionally. He's just reflecting whatever his current environment is around him. He was just reflecting that. And, and when you allow the environment to dictate your emotions like that and to determine how you're going to feel, how you're going to think, whether or not you're going to be happy or sad or at peace or at joy, then really what you're being is, is a victim, right? It, you're, a, 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 you're choosing to be a slave of what's happening around you. And God does not call us to be slaves or to be victims at all, let alone emotionally, right? To, to not be victims when it comes to our environment. Look with me at 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. 
1 John chapter 4. Verse 4, it says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. So this is talking about believers, Christians, that when God comes, whenever we get saved, God comes and lives on the inside of us. And if God is in us, then the one who's living in us is greater than the one who's living in the world, that, and that's Satan. But the, the concept here is that what's in us is greater than what's outside of us, that there's a power within us internally, spiritually, emotionally. There's a power within us that's greater than the forces that are happening externally, the situations, the environment, the people, whatever that may be, it's, it's greater. And when what's, what's in us is greater, then it doesn't, what's happening externally doesn't have the ability to affect us. So th think of it like a can of, of pop or soda or sody pop, however you would like to call it. So, you know, you have... You have a can of pop. This is an empty can of pop, as you can see. Uh, whenever you have an empty can of Sprite, it's, it's very easy to crush, right? Because, because the, the forces that are inside of the can are weaker. Watch me like not be able to do it. The forces that are inside of the can were weaker than the forces outside of the can. Right? Forces outside were stronger than what its ability was on the inside. Right? But then you take, you take a full can of Sprite, a full can, and it's a different story. Right? What's, what's on the inside is stronger than the forces that are on the outside. And so it becomes very difficult to press this thing, to crush this thing, to affect what's on the inside because of the strength of what's on the inside. And this is a picture of God in us, that, that we're not meant to be victims to the pressures of the outside of, of, of us, our external situations, what people are saying, what, 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 you know, whether our home environment is good, whether our school environment is good, how our parents are, Right, that, that what the God who's in us is greater than these external forces. The, the, Bible, the Bible says it says it like this. It says, We're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Uh, we're, we're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. That there's, that, that there's a God on the inside of us that's operating that, that gives us the strength to not be affected 
emotionally in one capacity by what's happening around us. That we don't have to be, be victims of circumstance and victims of our environment, but we can walk in such a way and have a reality and a knowing to where we say, no, I'm greater than the situations and the circumstances and the people that are happening around me. I'm greater than because God is greater than and he lives on the inside of me, right? But, but greater than, greater than, is a matter of perspective too, right? Greater, he says, what's in me is greater than he who's in the world. Greater is a matter of perspective uh, because there's, there's levels to it, kind of like uh, stronger than, better than, higher than. There's, there's levels to, to that. There's, there's levels to greater, there's levels to higher. Uh, and the, the Bible tells us in in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, it says that for he, God, he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him, seated us with Jesus in the heavenly realms because we're united with Jesus. So, so God set our level for us. He, he said, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Okay, it, there's levels, right? We're talking about the highest of heights, the highest of heights, that, that, that what level of greater is, it's, it's, it's an untouchable level, right? It's, it's a level that you can't touch me, you can't affect me. It's, 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 it's the highest of high levels, but we don't necessarily have to live that way, right? Because how we think and how we feel about ourselves and about God on the inside of us is really going to dictate the, the level that we're operating at. It's kind of like a plane. A plane can operate, can fly at 100 feet. And when it's flying at 100 feet, it has a lot more to be worried about, a lot more to be concerned about, a lot more, a lot more that's going to affect it than if it were to be flying at 30,000 feet, right? That when it's flying at 30,000 feet, that no, the, it's operating on a level, it's operating on a plane where it's not affected by the same things and at the same, to the same degree as, as other things that will be flying uh, at, a, at a lower altitude. And so with us, we have to get, get a reality and a knowing about us. We say, no, when it comes to life, I'm flying at 30,000 feet. That when it comes to my emotional strength, I'm greater than what's happening around me. Like the, the things that are happening don't have the ability to affect me. I'm in control of me, right? You can't, what's hap you can't control what's happening to you sometimes, but you can control how you are res responding and how you are being in those moments. You, you get the ability to decide. So uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the, our testimony with our oldest daughter, Aria. Uh, she was born with some health complications and it ended up being this, this, this big testimony that, that God healed her completely miraculously. Um, and then after, after that, uh, it seemed like Satan just continued to try to attack her, her physical body. Um, there, it was just thing after thing that had kept happening. And whenever I was uh, working, I was working at a separate job at this point in time. And I remember sitting there at my job and all of a sudden my phone rings. My, my phone rings and it like never, never rings. And it's, it's, it's my wife. And I don't know if you had a moment like this where it just, it doesn't really make any sense, but it's like for some odd reason, I had the thought something bad has happened, right? Like something bad has happened. And so I like, and I'm, at, I'm in the middle of work 
and so I grab my phone, I grab my phone and I just like start, you know, hauling it outside uh, so I can like take the call because where I was, I couldn't just answer the phone inside. I had to get outside of the specific place. It was in Jane Lou, so it was like, you know, not good cell phone service. And uh, so I like go, I like I'm like hauling it to go outside and walking fast. And then the Holy Spirit, as I'm like walking, I go down the stairs and walk out the doors and walk across the parking lot. And the Holy Spirit like checks me and says basically this. And he's like, he's like, he who's in you is greater than he who's in the world. And and you don't have to you don't have to respond the way you're responding right now. That what even if it's the worst thing in the world that's happening to, to your daughter or to your wife, which I have no idea, right, what's happening at all, but for some reason I had that impression. But even if it's the worst thing in the world, God in me is greater than that situation. And so what I did was I, I, I legit, I backed up. I didn't turn around and walk. I like told Satan, I'm gonna back up. I legit backed up. People at work probably thought I was nuts. I backed up and I walked back into my office and I was like, I'm gonna do this again. And so I, I, put, I had my phone down, I picked my phone up, I walked out calmly, and I called my wife, and nothing was even wrong at all. It's like, that's, that's the, the, the level that we have to walk in. That no, I, I, I'm not going to, my emotional state, you know, fear, happy, joy, whatever, it's not, it's not going to be affected by what might be happening around me. I get to decide. I'm operating on a 30,000 foot plane. I'm operating in that level. Say, say, I, I, great, it says greater, I have greater than in me. Sorry, that wasn't very clear. Say, say, I have greater than in me. You know, there's, there's a lot more at stake here too than, than just our own selves. You know, it's, it's important for us and for our emotional health and well-being to, to be, you know, realizing that we're, we're operating at a higher level. We live at a higher level, but there's, there's more at stake here than just for us. Because whenever, whenever you, excuse me guys, sorry. Whenever you choose to live in such a way that you're a mirror like that, and you're just mirroring your environment emotionally, then what, what happens is that you become inconsistent and unpredictable for the people around you. And for Elijah, this was a pretty big deal because he was, he was not just a man, some random dude in this story that we're, that we're talking about. He was a prophet. And so that meant that he was the, the leader of, of Israel. He was like in charge. He was called by God, ordained by God, anointed by God to, to like lead people. And so, you know, you could just imagine what would have happened if like people got winds of kind of how he's responding, right? B because at first he's like great and he's like the boss. Or he's like calling fire down from heaven. He's like ordering people to be killed. I mean, you're like, you're not like messing with this guy, right? Uh, and then just like a few minutes, hours, probably hours later, he's just like crying and, and wants to die and wants to give up. And is that like the lowest low point of his life? And, and so that s sparks like incon uh, you know, massive inconsistency in people and confusion in people. Because they're like, I, I, don't, I don't, if he doesn't know how to respond, how am I supposed to respond? You know, if he's, if he's afraid, 
How, how are we supposed to be? It, and it, it creates a, a lack of security in people. They, they, they don't know how, how, to, how to see you, how to take you, how to talk with you, right? It, it, creates, um, it creates a lack of security. So, so people need us to be emotionally consistent. You know, pe- people need us. You might not think you're a leader in that, you know, you don't have any effect and influence of other people, but, but you do. Every single person has the ability to affect, to affect others in the room. And when, when you're someone that is emotionally inconsistent, then you, you like greatly negatively affect how others can like engage with you, interact with you, and uh, whether or not they can follow you, right? I, I'm, I'm sure you've been around people that you're never quite sure whether or not they're going to be like happy or sad, right? Uh, or you're, you're not sure whether or not they're going to be in a good mood or whether they're going to be like in uh, like stay away from them mode. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it becomes unpredictable to the point where you're like, I don't know if I can trust this person to be my friend anymore. I don't know if I can trust this person to, to lead me anymore. I don't know if I can trust this person to help me make decisions anymore. Right? P- people need, people need to, uh, us to be emotionally consistent. And it's at this point where, where the Lord chimes in on, on Elijah in, in the situation. It's, it's on this particular point that, that people need us to be emotionally consistent. So let's look back at, at, at uh, actually, I guess we, we didn't read the whole thing. So let's, let's continue reading uh, where we left off. So I think we stopped in, uh, in 10. So he says, he, he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Then the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord is not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too. So he just like basically said the same thing, right? And the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel, king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nishi, king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Haziel, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. So, so God chimes in on this uh, you know, um, emotional inconsistency of Elijah and he doesn't say, hey, buddy, it's okay. It's, you know, it, it just cheer up. You know, things, have, th- things are all right. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't like correct his thinking 
because he said a lot of just like very inaccurate things, right? He just won and now he's complaining about things that had happened like months and years ago. No, but you just like you just won. God doesn't correct his line of thinking. Uh, God, God doesn't tell him like, um, hey, you know what? He doesn't scold him. Like you really need to like stop being so negative and so depressed and so sad. Like this is pathetic. You're a leader. No, but what God does say is basically get to work. Get to work. Like you, You've got to go anoint people. You've got to go uh, anoint your successor. You've got to go anoint the next king. Like, you've got stuff to do, dude. Like, I know you're saying, like, oh, wah, wah, like, things are really terrible, but you, you've got to get going. Like, go, here, there's your assignment, now go. And basically, what I believe God is saying to him and trying to, to get him to understand is this, is that it's not about you. It's not about you. Your, your emotions and how you feel, like th this, this thing isn't about you. And when people live with this tendency to just like swing, like how just dependent upon how their environments are, how their situations are, how the people around them and their friends, and when they swing emotionally, really what that is, it's a form of selfishness, right? Where you're, you're saying, I, I'm choosing to, to be mad I'm choosing to be frustrated over the betterment of other people, right? Because let's say you have a bad day and you're, you're walking around just negative and, and, and sad and you've just like decided in yourself, you're just going to be snippy and just angry and frustrated and you're just, you're just going to be in like one of those kind of moods. That doesn't help people. Right. You're, you're just putting your feelings over other people. Right. What, what helps other people is is someone who's who's encouraging someone who has a word from the Lord. So, someone who's someone who's got a smile on their face, even something as simple as that. Right. Because think, you smiling doesn't benefit you. I'm sure there might be some like some sort of psychological benefit or something. But like you smiling to people and being kind, that, that's really for other people. You know what I'm saying? And so. Right, this, this sort of like emotional inconsistency, right? It's, it's, it's a form of selfishness. We're putting like what we want to feel in our emotions uh, ahead of, of everybody else. Look with me at Romans chapter 14. It says, in verse 7, it says, For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So the, the Bible is telling us, you know, we're, we're not our own. We don't belong to ourselves we belong to God. And if we live, then we belong to Him. And if we die, we belong to Him. And so how we are in life is, isn't up to us, it's, it's up to God, right? What we want and, and what we want to feel, the desires that we have, because this is so much more than just emotions. You know, it comes down to like what you wanna do with your life. You know, oh, I want to be a doctor. Well, did you ask the Lord, you know? Oh, I would like to be in the family business. Did you, you're not your own. You, you know, God, the Bible says that God bought you with a price, with, with Jesus' blood to have you. Like God loves you that much. And, and so 
we don't get the right to decide how we're going to respond emotionally. Like, like that's up to the Lord. And so then this becomes then a sacrifice for us, a sacrifice that, okay, I feel this way, I, 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 I want to respond this way, but you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to have to lay this down and choose, okay, I'm not gonna put my feelings over other people. I'm not gonna put me being frustrated today over being kind to other people. I'm not gonna put how my parents responded to me in a way that I, I don't really appreciate. I'm not, gonna put, I'm not gonna put what I think is an injustice over the honor that and respect that my parents are due, right? I, 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 I'm going to not let my emotions control me, right? I'm gonna sacrifice what I want to feel and die to that so that I can live for the Lord and for other people. Look with me, look with me at, at Mark chapter eight. Mark chapter eight, verse 34. This is Jesus talking. He says, the then, then, Bible says, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. It's, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's, it's about what God wants. It's about what the Lord wants. It's about his plan for me, for other people. It says, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So must deny themselves and take up their cross. It's, it's personal, their cross. You have a cross. People have a cross that they're to take up and follow him. So, so what's your cross? What's your, what's your cross? The, the cross, especially for Jesus, particularly for Jesus, was the place of sacrifice. It was the place where he was willing to die, where he was willing to give himself up for the benefit of everybody else, for the benefit of the whole world. So your cross is your place of sacrifice. And for so many students, and I believe for, especially for Gen Z in particular, your generation, I think emotions are maybe one cross that you have to pick up and one, one place of sacrifice. Because it can be so easy to get caught up in, well, I have, I have a right to be frustrated, I have a right to be angry. You, that's the point. B because you can't sacrifice something that isn't yours to begin with, right? S sacrifice, uh, a sac like I can't say Skyly has $100. I can't sacrifice Skyly's money. I can't give Skyly's money, that's her money. I can only sacrifice what's mine. And so if you re relate that to emotions, it's okay, it, it's not a sacrifice to like lay down anger whenever you're not angry. That, right, when, when things are going great and you're having the time of your life, it's, it's not a sacrifice to be happy. It's not a sacrifice to treat people kindly. No, it's a sacrifice when you have anger. It's a sacrifice when you have frustra frustration. frustration. It's a sacrifice when you have like sadness or some, like anxiety or something, that's when it's a sacrifice to say, now, now that I have this, now that I feel this, it, I'm not my own. I'm gonna do, deny myself, I'm gonna pick up my cross and I'm gonna lay this down for the betterment of other people, just like Jesus. And if this sounds extreme too, to think, 
Well, like, man, I, I, my, what I feel doesn't matter. What I think, what I want, my desires, my emotions don't matter. If that sounds extreme, then really you're, you're kind of missing the whole point Be, because it's not just our emotions that the Lord calls us to lay down. He calls us to lay down our life. And that's what Jesus did. You know, Jesus did it first. He was the first example. He died. He, 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 he sacrificed his living breath, right? God doesn't ask us to die, right? He doesn't say go outside and hang on a cross. But he says, you've got to give up your life, your desires, your emotions, your whole life. Yes.